Coming to you from the Loading Ready Run Orbiting Underground Moon Base, it's the Lurcast. Remember how I used to make a noise yeah. at the beginning of every Lurcast, but I haven't been on one in a while? Completely no selling you on it. <laughs> and welcome to uh, Desert Bus Recollections Part Duh. Or whatever it was called. What was the first one called? I wasn't here for it, and I haven't actually had opportunity to listen to it yet. I don't know. Was it like the PC sauces at Superstores? Like Memories of Blank? <laughs> memories like of Tucson? It's written in like. I don't know some some like Zepfino or some some like really fancy cursive font. Yeah. Whispers of the bus. No, whispers of the bus sounds like a terrible porn parody. <laughs> no, no, no. There'd be just like a romance or, novel, not actually like a full-on porn. Orchestral maneuvers on the bus. Yeah, that's my orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Yeah, good. Oh, uh, anyhow. Anyway, so, um, as as uh, James and Cam and Alex, I want to say, are the people that were in it last time because I know who they are, right? That was them. Anyway, as they did, we're going to be talking about um, uh, just what Desert Bus was like for us personally and what we remember from, uh, you know, sort of behind the cameras and and so forth. Um, I'm going to start Kathleen off. Oh, really? I don't. Yes. I said before we start, I don't actually really remember all that much of Desert Bus. Well, I want you to tell us what uh, about... A specific prop that uh, this the the history of which for us at least started on Halloween. Yes, uh, possibly the breakout hit of D- DB8, <laughs> the angler fish head, was made by my wonderful one uh, best friend Lindsay. I have two best friends, Lindsay and Adam, and Lindsay is amazing and really cool and super talented because that is a handmade anglerfish head costume uh, made out of paper mache uh she uh bisected a ping pong ball for the eyes and there was actually like um uh tiny led flashlights in there so you could turn and make the eyes light up and then she uh crafted the whole thing and painted it very carefully and all the the horrible teeth are actually gigantic zip ties uh, and they are still kind of dangerous. Different, two different widths. Yeah. So it looks really And then there's weird. like uh, a mesh panel on the inside. So you can't really see in, but you can kind of see out. Visibility's not great. Uh, and then she made that for a Halloween fancy dress party. And she just wore all black and wore that and then cut out a little male angler fish shape or just like a fish shape, like a goldfish cracker and stuck it on her hip. So she had uh, a mate. <laughs> nice. And uh, so and she... You can, you can hold a drink on the... On the, in, in, in the, on on the, the inside jaw. of the mouth, and she did. Yeah. That was her drink holder. On the outside of the of the mesh, you can be like, just like... Yeah, it's, so it's it's really heavy duty for paper mache. Like, she did a fantastic job, and she posted pictures of this on Twitter, and if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me retweeting her and being like, oh my god, this is the greatest costume in the universe. It was the picture of her checking her phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, with the anglerfish head, with like, oh my god. She posted what, some pretty good selfies, Look too. what Tanya's saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think anglerfishes are like. <laughs> I was I Twitter. Was, I was translating. Um, but I was paraphrasing. But uh, so after after Halloween, because I gave her the many compliments on how what an amazing idea and how beautiful it was. Uh, she was like, honestly, Kathleen, this thing is enormous, and it really is. It's probably two and a half feet tall and two and a half feet wide. I don't actually have that much room for it in my house. Would you like it? 
for feed dumper for desert bus and i was just like i have never wanted anything more in my entire life i covet this thing i was gonna ask her if i could borrow it for desert bus before she offered it to me anyhow so our friends eric and emily brought it back over from vancouver where it had to have its own seat in their car so thank goodness that they were also at that (laughs) halloween party and uh, and uh, delivered it to us for Desert Bus, where we revealed it by surprise because I was like, people are not going to expect this. Nope. And it was good. And then uh, I got a lot of good use out of it. My mm-hmm. favorite was there was, you know, like it showed up once and then there was one or two challenges with it. Uh, but then also at one point you were just like, hey, um, I want to wear the anglerfish head while Beach sings Nothing Compares to You yep. by Sinead O'Connor. And then Ian was like, I'll get the theremin. And yeah, that was amazing. That just happened. It was no, I don't know what made you think of it, but uh, I'm glad that you did. Uh, it is that, that's, that's pure desert bus brain happening. Also, Ian, speaking of the theremin, I do want to apologize to you. Uh, when you brought out the theremin for the first time, I was so excited to actually see a theremin. I totally just jammed my hand in there and that was kind of grabby and I felt immediately bad about it, but it was like that five-year-old reaction of, I have wanted to see a thing, this thing, cause I've never seen a theremin in real life, but I've always wanted to see one and touch one, but I just couldn't resist. It's like a child grabbing for a cat. You have to respect his, the theremin. his, his theremin. I was, so I did not. I immediately felt bad. <laughs> But what, I was just like, did you say you got that theremin? That that theremin is actually a, a small project that uh, from Japan. There's a magazine that is a magazine about things, and then they give oh, you Ian's a project. Here to, oh, also, yeah. Hello. sorry, it's it's me and Kathleen and Paul, and Ian's here. Is this your first Lorecast? This is my first Lorecast. Oh, hey, yes. welcome, Ian. Thank you. How's it going? Yes. Sorry, <laughs> tell us about your theremin. It's a comfortable seat. Uh, yeah. So you get projects in this magazine. It's a twenty three dollar magazine, and uh, yeah. Shows you how to build the uh, the theremin or a clock. I think is one of them. Another one is a camera obscura. And it comes with the bits. Yeah, it comes with all the little plasticky bits. They're they're all plastic. These ones. I, I built a dinosaur skeleton once from a ma- from a magazine. Mm-hmm. That yeah. seems like, is is it's but it's all in Japanese, right? Yes. But, ah. I mean, at least the, you can pictures. Yeah, there's enough pictures that you can figure it out, and hopefully with just a little bit of Japanese, get it together. That's that a that's well an amazing gift. That yeah. magazine. <laughs> nice. All right, so sorry, Ian. Yeah, Thurman. Uh, you know, you you had the appropriate reaction, Kathleen, to seeing a Thurman for the Whoa, first time. Still, it was super bad just to be like jamming my hand in there and be like, "I want to touch." I love that. that <laughs> Don't one, do that, because, anybody. Because the speaker on it and its size and the, the, the it's mostly plastic. The the sound on it is very like. Like it's not the most graceful Thurman. Well, that's but it's why, so good. That's why I installed a mini jack out on it. <laughs> I was wondering that looked aftermarket. <laughs> you, should talk, I, uh, you should talk about the button too, because that. Speaking of aftermarket, oh uh, yeah, what were you saying, Paul? Well, just thinking with the um, with the anglerfish head. Uh, after it like came out, it was sort of you know around uh, when we were in when we were there in the morning, uh, and uh, we got uh, Harry wore the anglerfish head quite well. Oh wow! On a few occasions, that sounds t- extra terrifying. Yeah, yeah. The Harry combined with the anglerfish head, and also combined with um, uh, Tally's amazing uh, tentacle oh, the, monster. Oh, Leonard! Yeah, Leonard. Uh, both of those uh, combined in a quite fearsome way. Uh, it was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I like the one where. I think it was Maya, I want to say, hid under Leonard and had him, like, dancing around with little feet. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Just, like, the perspective work that she was completely obscured. Yeah, yeah, and then, and she was, yeah, she was, like, lying down, just had her feet underneath, and we were, like, playing with the tentacles and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. Uh, 
think one of the things times. I liked most about the the anglerfish, though, is that it was sized such that I guess what you could say the, the usual suspects couldn't get into it. Yes. Mm. Well, I mean, Lindsay obviously made that for herself, mm. and Lindsay's a lot taller than I am, but she's not like. Lindsay is beautiful, so she's like tall and thin, basically. And uh, so there was a certain like shoulder width cutoff that you could act because the there was like it went down at the back for stability because you just didn't sit on like a helmet like and it, had like a. It basically went in like under the shoulders at the back, basically, yeah. which for me meant that it wouldn't go down over my shoulders. Like yeah. it perched like up, like, up sort of here. Yeah, I saw Ashton wearing it. He was basically wearing his helmet, and I was <laughs> like, oh, that's actually making me really nervous because I don't want that to fall <laughs> off your head and get dropped before the end of Desert Bus. Uh, but yeah, so basically only, uh, like basically... Uh, only the girls could successfully wear it, and Harry, I, I guess, too. <laughs> well, he's, 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 he's malleable. Yeah. And who do you mean by the usual suspects, like Alex? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much people who would usually put that sort of thing on their head. <laughs> I would actually classify me as the like ground zero of usual suspects for people who wanted to wear an anglerfish costume. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Anyhow, it fits me perfectly. Canonical now. Yeah. All right, I want just because I brought it up. I want to know more about the button. Okay, the button was actually something I wanted to do since last year. Yeah, we we had the dance parties last year, and we made one of the keys on the keyboard the button. I thought, well, why not make something a little bit more button-like, something that people can actually smack. That's not my keyboard that I won't get mm. mad about. Mm. Well, la- last year you actually you built like there's like a web interface to the button as well. Yes, which we, you built during the run. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which you didn't really, you, you kind of kept on the down low, but um, every once in a while you could just activate it from from home. From home. I believe I did actually from your place a couple times. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. But yeah, this year I wanted something that, you know, everyone could have a chance to hit and not have to be in engineering. Mm. And so I uh, picked up a, a Teensy, which is a uh, Arduino microcontroller device. Mm. And, uh, did decided, well, yeah, I'm going to use this to make a button. Then I moved. And that <laughs> put the project on hold for quite a while. No kidding. So a few trips down to the electronics shop here in Victoria. Thankfully, you have one. I was a little bit worried about that. Oh, really? Where is it? Uh, we're, it's, not, we're not the 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 butt end of Edmonton is a lot bigger than Victoria though. Like, let's be honest here. Although you did move from provincial capital to, to provincial capital. Although like how many people does Edmonton have in it? Like 800,000 or something. Mm -hmm. So it's like provincial capital has to have an electronic store. That's Mm -hmm. how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's anyway, it's down on government street right across from the brewery, which is also, uh, Oh, that place. Yeah. 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 So picked up a uh, button there. Uh, which is really nifty. You can put more than one switch in it, mm-hmm. so it can do more than one thing. It can do something if it's up or if it's down, so keep that in mind for next year. Yeah, because you would hit the button down, and then to reset it, you'd have to twist and release. Because mm-hmm, it's one of those emergency stop buttons right. or you know, heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> it's really important. Yeah. If it has to stop, you have to stop until you want to go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the keys were, were not an afterthought. That was something I definitely wanted to add in there. Mm-hmm. And that was a simple circuit as well. I liked when the something went loose at one point and uh, it would just start activating for no reason. <laughs> hitting the at one point, hitting the dance party button engaged the auction overlay, and at one point, I'm pretty sure just shaking it vigorously <laughs> initiated the auction overlay because that was not done manually. That I mean, we could if we had to, but that that was programmed. Yeah, it was programmed for that. The keys were also individual, so that if anyone actually lost a key, mm. we were effed. I would have had to go back to the safe and pick up the single spare. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't lose a key. I like. I I, I do want to comment to our viewers and listeners though that it was not shoddy workmanship that caused these things. It was 
uh, constant abuse of that dance button being like kind of thrown around. Well, and smacked. Well, yes. and, and the the other problem was that um, because it was uh, USB attached to the uh, streaming computer, which the streaming in the streaming computer for some reason decided to whenever a USB thing was plugged or unplugged, switch to three by four ratio, which that has got to be like one of the weirdest, just like random. Uh, one thing leads to it. Like, it's just like, these two things are not related in any way, but for some reason... They are. We cannot fathom why plugging or unplugging a USB device into that computer makes Wirecast go 4x3 in standard definition. Mm -hmm. But it does... And we, we know found how to, an we, exciting new bug. We can fix it really, really quickly. The fix is just as dumb. Oh, what's the fix? The fix is to go back into the settings and click on the source. It's already selected, the, the video source, but apparently clicking on it one more time reminds the computer that, oh yeah, this isn't 16 by 9. Wow. Yeah. Desert bus. It's, we'll find your problems. <laughs> yeah, desert bus. Uh, you know, if you've got a, a video streaming program that you're uh, wanting to get out into the public, and and you think it's perfect, we'll yeah, prove otherwise. Yeah. We uh, will. We're a real, real good acid test for that. Mm. Yeah. And then the button had something you've always wanted to do. Yes, that was the uh, the final bus down. Yeah. Triggered by that uh, that covered switch that. It, I am very glad that everybody respected your wishes. You're because you at the beginning you're yeah. like, don't flip this. Ahead of time. Yeah, I told no one what it actually was. Well, you told the organizing committee. Yeah, a very yeah. select few. But you told everybody not to touch it because it would be bad, and nobody touched it. Yeah. Ashton was rather cheeky about it. He flipped it open and closed a few times <laughs> and was like, should I push it? Should I push it? Well, it's, it's one of those mechanical things. It's just so satisfying to do, to flip open one of those but safety bits. What I like about, um, I, guess, I guess it's just a consequence of that that piece of music mm -hmm. is that it that piece of mu it starts very slow like it, goes, it has that sort of build up at the very beginning and so you flick it and it's like oh you're not maybe sure. maybe it didn't work <laughs> Ooh, oh here it goes <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i thought that that worked really really well and uh cool. yeah it's always nice to have yeah. the uh the final switch <laughs> yeah well, the fun part was that that all got put together, I think, the last night before mm -hmm. we got yeah. Well, yeah, cause, set up. Because you, you, yeah. you, well, you and Alex were hammering on the actual overlay, mm -hmm. and then you had to like quickly actually... And Corey did some work on the programming the Switch? Uh, yeah, she did the programming for the back end of it. Yeah. Again, last minute. But I was in my kitchen. We had just moved into the apartment that day, mm -hmm. and, which means I finally had access to my tools. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my kitchen with a drill, <laughs> drilling out holes and polishing, polishing them with a Dremel and oh my goodness. blow torching it out. But speaking of being in your kitchen, in the, every other year that you've come to Desert Bus, you've stayed with us, correct? Yes. Uh, and Fantastic hosts, by the way. Yeah, but... Oh, how 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 much was the experience improved by being in? Uh, well, I mean, you just moved in, so it wasn't really your house, but being in your own place uh, and mostly able to walk around in your underpants after it was done. Well, funny you should mention that <laughs> because you used to do that at your place too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get along with your cats real fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that's bad. Uh, <laughs> trial by fire. Uh -huh. This being my first Desert Bus here, I also it was my first time hosting someone for Desert Bus. Oh, right. Yes. Right. Yes. Tara was uh, kind enough to stay with us 
for most of the run, and she was a fantastic guest. Uh, didn't walk around in her underpants as much as I could see, but yeah, unpacking everything and instantly let's get out the guest bed. Uh, yeah, I do think oh. that's funny though. Like, I feel that actually hosting people at Desert Bus is actually, despite the fact that Desert Bus is happening, it's extremely low stress mm-hmm. because nobody expects anything. Nobody expect like I clean my house extremely thoroughly before we get guests, but after that, it's like, well, I guess cat hair is piling up in the corner of the room. But like, nobody expects anything. You just go there, you sleep, you wake up, and then you immediately go back to Desert Bus. Yeah, yeah, and it's often often like you don't actually have schedules that coincide no. so you may not even, even when see you're, the person very much even when you're awake at the same time you're so tired and out of it that like the the conversations are like if you're waking up at the same time the conversation is like are you are you gonna go back in right now yeah it's probably like 10 minutes okay well i'll, I'll wait for you then it's gonna be even or, better than that, right? or, or or like if you're if you're passing things if you're passing someone coming home when you're leaving like what are, what are we up to now Oh, we're at like 180,000. Cool. All right. See you later. (laughs) There's like no conversation. We had Andrew and uh, Fugi staying with us. And I think the extent of everything I said to them at the house was, uh, do you either of you guys need the bathroom? Because I'm going to have a shower. (laughs) Right? Uh, So, because I would have a shower before I went in in the morning. And that was about it. So, yeah. It's going to be even better for me next year when we have enough, finally have enough keys for people. Mm-hmm. No. We, were, we were running on one building key. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was you and Corey and Tara all had to be like, who has the key? Who's up right now? Oh, oh dear. Boy. <laughs> Leave nice. it by the door. Mm. So, Paul, do you have any Desert Bus recollections? Oh, I mean, lots of, lots of stuff. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, for one thing, this year, uh, because the new venue... Uh, for me personally, was great. Yeah, it was real close to our place. Yeah, it was like three blocks away from my place, and which was excellent. So I could sleep just that little bit longer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh, is highly relevant. Uh, and the, I mean, I, I always, I, I guess it's sort of become the tradition that I, I do the morning shifts. And mm-hmm. that's started out before we even actually like scheduled shifts it was just Mm. that that's when i would come in because nobody else wanted to come in that early (laughs) and i was just like i can do that sure i'll come in early uh and then that just sort of became thing because it's it's sort of the closest while i don't normally get up at 4 a.m uh i normally get up relatively early um, at least compared to most of the rest of the loading ready run crew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I wake so, up at like eight thirty usually, so I don't know what time you wake up if you're mm-hmm. like bright and early at six six a.m. But no, it's I mean usually that's around around when I get up. Ha! I mean since Desert Bus, you've been since Desert Bus, I've had a lot of trouble readjusting my schedule back because I'm naturally a night owl like naturally my predisposition is to be awake very late into the evening i've had a lot of trouble kicking the 3 a.m bedtime habit yeah the uh it's it was weird actually i basically didn't see paul for like a a solid week well we're like ships passing the night because you'd stay till about three in the afternoon two Mm -hmm. or three in the afternoon which is nine hours which is a long time but that's just when we were starting to come in like yeah like we were you and i were both there at the beginning and then I think about three days in, we had like a two-minute mumbly conversation passing yeah. as I was arriving, just as you were leaving. And then when I came in, because and then for your actual driving shift, right? Because you you took over for for me, right? Yeah, and I was the, I would yeah yeah so it would have been so you yeah you showed up and I gave you the controller that so that was like 
But yeah, that not, was it I was there week. for like a couple hours of your driving shift, yeah. I think. But yeah, it was. Uh, I uh, partially, I guess, just because our driving shifts were right up against each other too at the, at the end. Mm-hmm. But it, so, I mean, the, the morning shift is always a little bit weird, um, and especially since that you know now that sort of the Team Zeta has become such a big thing, mm. um, and there were frequent frequent arguments about what uh, constituted Team Zeta. There was uh, no no clear consensus about when we're in Zeta shift and when we're not. It used to be like when there was. It used to be based on like number of people. It was like right. There's like only four people here. Time to get. But now there's more people. Yeah, it got weird. We're gonna fix that next year. Well, we talked about it because I was uh, I was uh, feeling that uh, Zeta shift has been. Maybe this is too strong a word. Unfairly fetishized <laughs> as a as a as a thing to be, and I wanted to come up with cool identities for the other for the other sort of quote shifts as well. And so we we settled on uh, Dawn Guard for the for the morning, which would be with your a shift. W. Yeah. Yes, Dawn. Because it's t- like daytime. not like Don Johnson guard, <laughs> not, not an NG is what I'm saying. Yeah, then um, that's what the chat was saying. I was like Don guard, and they're like Don guard. I'm like, no, you idiots, come on. Uh, then, Don't be silly. When, when did you? This was just this was like, like the last two days. Uh, I was gonna say, like I never heard about these. No, yeah. then, uh, no. Uh, Night Watch is before Zeta shift. It's right, like late that's day. And then, six p.m. to midnight. Yeah, basically. and in the middle of the day, uh, the, the middle of the day, we settled. Uh, uh, we settled on. Alpha Flight, because it's the Canadian superhero team from <laughs> the Mar- yeah. Marvel DC. Yeah, I but feel. There, but there's Marvel. the like there, there's a lot of the like you know it would be like 10 a.m. or something, and something weird would happen, yeah. and people would be like, "Oh, we're really in Zeta shift now," and it'd be like, it's "No, you're not. No. This is just it's just weird. It's just weird. You for, you forget that Desert Bus is weird not, all the yeah, time. Yeah, not everything weird that happens is because of Zeta shift. Yeah. It's just Desert Bus. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what the interesting thing is? I think like people refer to Zeta as those peak moment like that like zeta shift a few years ago was when people would be like so sleep deprived and you had like nobody there so a lot of people that were still on camera were like struggling to make it struggling to be there right like i've been there like 4 a.m be like i need to go i'm so i need to sleep right and people would just quap quap balls that go nuts my 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 favorite thing actually i I uh, I would like to see the return of the of uh, people referencing four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, four o'clock in the morning, like when things got really weird. But the thing is, this year we had some very weird stuff at all times. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, do you remember the bus king pageant? Yeah, that was the- that was like two and, in the afternoon. Yeah. And the thing is, and, and and it's not like and the people who were there overnight weren't the same people every time yeah and so, and also weren't like people who had been there like they weren't super sleep deprived mm-hmm. more so than anybody else because they were actually like planning on being there mm-hmm. everyone's well the, rested the, for the problem that we all the problem that we always used to run into which i'm so glad that we have sort of mostly fixed mm-hmm. is the thing of the like people who have been there for 12 hours and you really know that you have to leave but there's no one else yeah so it's like i have to stay until someone else comes yeah that's where four o'clock in the morning and we're at the we're at the point now where we actually have enough people coming uh and we actually are like a little better about our scheduling that that's never been there at least in my my perception of this year especially is that was never a big issue like there was always 
somebody to take over from you. Mm-hmm. Like well, if we want little, to, oh, go ahead. Go uh, I was just saying, if we want to embrace the, you know, those, those, those four names so that everyone has some sort of sh- sh- shift identity, I think that's sweet. But to me, Zeta shift was never like, Oh, it's the crazy, wacky, awesome, fun time. It's like, it, it was like the between 4am and 8am utter trash hours when nobody was there. Yeah. It wasn't fun. It wasn't oh. funny and wacky. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was exhausting. Was my favorite desert bus memory is walking back at I think six in the morning, <laughs> turning on the uh, the stream, mm-hmm. and I think it was just Paul and Beach on the screen, <laughs> sitting there in the chairs, and the the overlay said Paul and Beach have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it's probably not surprising that I don't remember that. But. <laughs> yeah. So it was probably Paul Beach and one person in tech, and that's yep. it. Yeah, it's the, this, was, well, this was last year, uh, two years ago. Two okay, years ago. well, it's because there was always there. I mean, again, we although we still have a little bit of a problem this year, but there, there again, there was always the problem too, where it'd be like people would be, you know, there would be the sort of Zeta shift thing, and people would be really struggling, and they'd get through, and then it would be like, and then I would show up at like 6 a.m. And people would be like, peace! Yeah, people would be like, oh, thank goodness you're here. And everyone in the whole room would leave. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, um, just because one person showed up doesn't mean everybody else. All this right, is, This uh, is why we schedule things now. Yeah. yeah uh, so now it's a little better schedule. Before I tried to interrupt Graham, but like to a little sausage making behind the scenes, everything at Desert Bus is extremely like scheduled. Like people have ships that they are supposed to be in to come in for like everybody, like the bloggers, the site volunteers, like all of the entertainment. Over the last couple of years, yeah, mm-hmm. like we brought that in in seven because we saw there was a lot of problems in six, and we refined it more for eight, and I think we'll, well refine it again for nine. But it's the thing that we that, that we really emphasized this year was there's sort of times that you were sort of on shift mm-hmm. or sort of, and then there was. Always, there's always huge sort of a shoulder mm. too. So like I was on shift theoretically from like six from like six a.m. To, to noon, but I would stay until like two or three, mm-hmm. yeah. and then somebody would come in. You know, the person who was actually on shift next would come in at noon, and so we would have that kind of overlap, not only for entertainment purposes, but also for like you know sort of transitioning, telling people what the heck's going on, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. That seemed to work really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and plus, like, I would, like, I technically, I guess our shift didn't start till six, but Graham and I always, always would roll in between three and four and, like, come in, say hi, but then, you know, usually leave and, like, take care of, like, some other stuff. Yeah, we, we'd, like, we'd, we tried to buffer a couple hours on either side because mm-hmm. we were there technically 6 p.m. to midnight. But then, we, yeah, like you say, we'd come in at, like, three or four and probably stay till, like, two. Yeah, or three, <laughs> some nights. Um yeah, but. just yeah, and so, but but the the idea of sort of we, having we, some we'd, we'd hand the key over yes. at midnight. <laughs> the idea of having some sort of wiggle room there, where depending on what you have to do and what you have, what you're how you're feeling or whatever, you can you the part time when you know you can leave if you want to, mm-hmm. uh, and then the time when it's like no, you are expected to be here because nobody else is doing what you're doing at that time, yeah. mm-hmm. so you should be here. <laughs> well, but, and plus, it's very uh, if you are. I, I feel I really like that because I don't know. But the beginning of Desert Bus, I'm I was just like, "Hey, how's it going? What's up? Yeah!" To like everyone, and I was like so perky and excited, and like sort of by the end of Desert Bus, I was like, "Hi." 
And like, I would definitely need well, some time to warm up, but because I was sort of like sort of running out of social juice, I guess, because yeah. it's very mentally taxing. You saved your energy for the on camera. I mean, when I would show up, right? Like I would, I would go in and I'd wave hi to the chat and then I'd sit down on one of the couches at the back. And once or twice I would like walk in and immediately, uh, Paul or James or whoever was at the computer was usually no, no, no afternoon to be Jared Tally or, uh, or Matt, Matt or Tally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes Jared would hang out. Um, like I'd walk in and Matt would be like, Oh great, Graham here, here's a challenge. And I would be like, no, wait, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> give no. me, give me five. Give me a little bit. <laughs> I cannot just be like, Hey everybody. It takes a little, especially since, you know, often you, you know, people were like, you were asleep like half an hour yeah. ago. Because I want to do a good job is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. I, wanna, I don't want to be like, uh, antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the nice sleep, thing about getting sleepy, there earlier is sleepy. I know when I when I was on shift, sometimes Graham would not be available and like as my co-pilot, but I would need to go and like do a thing or go to the bathroom and like, or just like, take a minute and so having like extra people who weren't technically on shift but were still there was awesome because it'd be yeah. like here you go you know what to do and running the challenge computer is hard because you have <laughs> to be like constantly like vetting stuff that's coming in and like figuring out what makes good pairs so like the energy uh sort of stays up or doesn't shift too, dra- too dramatically or sometimes it does mm-hmm. like when what did we what did we do that was beautiful and then we had alex uh Sing somewhere over the rainbow as a chicken, <laughs> like immediately afterwards. That we did that. We we went from, uh, um, I think that's when we went from like Gypsy Rover to oh, somewhere yeah. over the rainbow, right? And the last day, right? That was good. Yeah, that's Desert Bus is all about kind of the roller coaster. I think I feel I feel that the like the sudden whiplashes in uh, in tone are are an important part of Desert Bus. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite sort of behind the scenesy moment like that when when you and I were both on shift is I was like, okay, things are pretty calm right now. This is when the party was going on next door, the launch party for all the video games. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, things are pretty chill. The party's next door, whatever. Dinner's just arrived. I'm going to go have some food. Uh, are you good for now, Kathleen? Okay, cool. So then I went downstairs. And as soon as I go downstairs, because we had a monitor down there, I look on the TV, and these two dudes in suits walk into the room. And I'm like, oh, no, one of those guys is the Minister for Technology. And I knew, because I knew he'd be there, because Blake told us he would be there. And I was like, clearly, that has to be him. Not that I recognize him from his <laughs> face. I don't know what any of our ministers look like. Um, uh, and We're then, informed voters. And then I'm like, uh, I don't care what they look like. I care what they do. Um, uh I'm I'm watching. I'm like, okay, okay. This is this is going well. This is this is this is pretty normal. Why is Ian walking close to the camera? Why does he have that smile on his face? Oh no, he's hitting the dance button. Oh no. Okay, we're we're doing the dance thing, and then they start dancing together. I'm like, okay, okay. They're handling this well. And uh, Greg Kilo was like super into it. He was dancing around. I was like, okay, good. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure that some, one of them will introduce themselves at some point, or someone will ask them. No, we're taking them to the store. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Come on, guys. Someone please tell the trying. viewers. I was trying. I was trying. I know. But I was like, someone has to jump in and tell the viewers who these people are. Get them to introduce. No, we're going to the store. All right. Wow, they are really serious. They they must put up with a lot of BS in the house because they are not reacting to this at all. Okay. This broke even trained journalists. Yeah. Okay. So now we're done. And now they're just talking about Desert Bus. Okay. I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was, up. and it was well, like, it was like, going on. like, cause, it, cause it's on a delay downstairs. Cause we couldn't, we couldn't get a live feed down there. So it was like a 20, 30 seconds back. So by the time I got in there, Kathleen was already like 
having them introduce themselves and everything. But I was like, guys, what's going on? There was a certain momentum of events that could not be stopped for introductions yeah. once they showed know, up on camera. I also can't remember. Did they get the chairs before we introduced them? Or did, did they sit they got down? The, they, they got the they chairs were, for the store. <laughs> they, they were sat down and faced the monitor for going to the store. And, Almost immediately. Yeah, and they were, they were, no one knew who they were. They were like, who are these suits? Someone was like, are these lawyers? What's going on? Well, I, basically, what in the room it was, it was these guys come in. The dance party button is immediately hit, and and then people, and then the chat is just like, store, 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 store. Like, the chat was screaming to take them to the store. It was one singular voice crying out, wacky shit. Uh, and so that happened, and then while that was going on, I was like, who are these people? And then was talking to my friend Eric, who had actually brought them in, and was very instrumental in uh, getting us the space at Viatech, and is a really great guy. And I was like, Eric, exactly what are these people's names? He's like, oh, this is this, and this is this. And I was like, ah. So as soon as the store was over, I was like, hey, do you want to introduce yourselves? It was a little stressful. Yeah, I, I like actually. So, yeah, we did have the, this thing where the we had a monitor. We had all our all our like food and everything was downstairs. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of kind of a rest area, too. Oh, it was so nice. Um, yeah, we had a monitor down there that was hooked up just and just hooked up and watching the feed. And as you know, if you were watching it at home, the delay is, you know, about sort of 20, 30 seconds. Um, which turns out to be almost exactly the amount of time it takes for somebody to run from the from that room up into the into the stream <laughs> like the place where we're actually broadcasting, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. So you can see yourself. Mine and so and, and so if some, something uh, you know if like you see somebody leave on the monitor downstairs, they will like leave and then immediately show up in the room, which is very disconcerting. Yeah, they, it's, it's like they teleport. Uh, but then, but also it'll be like, if something, if you are downstairs and you see something going on on the screen that either shouldn't be happening or... You want to be a part of. You want to be a part of. It's, it's already late. over. It's, it's already yeah. too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, actually, something, uh, some more sort of, like, behind the scenes uh, stuff when they were when the when uh, the when the the two guys were there the suits uh, and uh so we have this extensive back-end system that Ashton built that's how all of the all of the auctions and prizes work. And for something to, to be auctioned off, it has to sync in with like the chat thing. So there has to be an entry for it in the back-end so that BidBot can refer to it and know what is being bid on and all this stuff. And so when Greg Kilo is like, yeah, I figured we auction off a houseboat vacation, I was like, really? And I, I look over at Tally, and she looks at me and looks at Kara. And Kara looks at Tally and then looks at Ashton. And then Ashton looks at Kara and looks at Tally. And Tally looks back at me and I'm like, okay. And then all three of them are like, because Ashton has to do stuff in the back end. Tally has to create the listing, create the listing for it to go on the website. Kara has to hook it up to work with the thing. And they're all like, what is it? One more time, more slowly, cruise craft two. Okay. And and what website is this? And they're just like, because they have to do this super fast because we, we lose momentum with viewers. If it's like, Hey, we're going to auction this thing off. That's amazing. Cool. Does everyone sit for like 15 minutes? So they're, they're entering this data as fast as possible so that we can be like, and go. Well, it's nothing compared to uh, well, when when Penn phoned in, of course. Oh, I I missed that, but I cannot imagine how. It's, so so I mean, you know, as we can go, so Penn uh, 
the wonderful Penn Gillette phoned in. Yeah. Um, who uh, I think he's he's phoned in almost every year. I, I think, think so, yeah. In some capacity. Yeah, yeah, Penn and Teller have supported us, I think, every year in some capacity, yeah. whether but, it's making uh, a donation or servicing a prize or feeding us. Buying our lunches, yeah. <laughs> so he, he phoned in and was sort of, you know, hey, how are you guys doing? Da, 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 da. Um, and, uh, did, you know, did something. He's like, you know, uh, I thought it might be cool to uh, auction off, you know, some tickets to the uh, the Penn and Teller show. And uh, we were like, we were sort of expecting that he would pull something. Mm-hmm. Like, you, he's done tickets and stuff before, mm-hmm. and so Ashton is sort of like back there, and I, I'm driving the bus at this point, so I'm like right, right across from where Ashton is, and so Ashton, you know, Ashton and Kara are working together and they can get set up. And it's like, okay, that, that'll be fun, and then he starts to just add things he just was like you know uh i guess if you're coming to watch our show you, you're gonna need somewhere to stay so you know here's a suite at the um at the, at the rio. rio and you know you don't want to just come down for one day so here's like a suite for two days and it's not or and it's not just that you don't just want like a uh you know a regular room we'll give you like the really nice suite in, at the rio and uh and then he's like well then you need something else to do for the other the two days that you're there so uh get, there's like a, a golf trip with his meanwhile with, tally's with his, fingers are melting yeah, i think with his, or kara was like oh. is like well uh it's like a golf trip with his wife uh and uh and then he's like and and i'll get you tickets to these other shows um that aren't that I don't have those tickets right now, but I'll figure I'll I'll, get, I'll just get you into what I can. Yeah, or no, he he was like he he's like I give you tickets to these other two shows. Uh, I don't know how it's like those guys like those aren't like people who work for me or anything, but I can probably swing those tickets. No, <laughs> he's just like so he's giving away tickets to other people's shows. <laughs> One of them wasn't one of them Copperfield. I think so. I think it, it was like, like a, there was like another magic. There was like, like another magic show. Yo, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Give me a ticket. Uh, and then well, he doesn't. doesn't uh, one of the guys from Fool Us perform in Vegas now? Maybe. Or was it know. just opening for them? I'm not I sure. Can't, I can't remember. Hmm. Anyway, whatever. And so, and then he, uh, and then he does the thing where it's like if you arrive uh, by by bus. Uh, so they're not paying for your plane in, hmm. but if you if you don't take the plane in and instead arrive by bus, he'll they'll pick you up at the bus depot in their limo mm. and you and take you to like Penn's house and you can like hang out with him. Oh wow. my god! Yeah. So he's but he's like adding these things like one after another, you know, quite sort of slowly, <laughs> you know, furious typing in the back end, right? And then we're like, oh crap! And then we've got to like you know tweet about this and try to get like and he's like oh i guess i better tweet about this um because we want to get like you know people who are just interested in pen and teller stuff into this now um who so now now people who are interested in pen and teller stuff have like five minutes to hear about it come to the website figure out what the hell (laughs) desert bus is (laughs) register for a donor account because i mean like ideally something like this would be like you have it planned beforehand so people can be notified but on the other hand why we ask people to tell us desert bus but on the other hand the like sort of dynamicness of it is part of the excitement yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and so they do we're doing this and and then we're like okay let's start this auction we're auctioning off and it's it's going reasonably well like it goes up to about uh, I think it goes up to about like four, four or five thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, and he's like, "Okay, we're about at what this is like worth, just straight up." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and it keeps going up, and then somebody bumps it from like sixty-five to like seventy-five hundred. Mm-hmm. 
and he and Penn's like, so so what are we at right now? Um, we're like at seventy five. He's like, what was this the the next to top person? <laughs> and uh, we're like uh, sixty five. He's like, okay, if that person bumps it up to over seven thousand, we'll just do it again for that person. <laughs> now and and this is this is when. Kara and Ashton in the back are just like, oh, like we don't have because that's not a thing that we do in the back end. <laughs> we don't have that's not a, th- a yeah. built-in thing for splitting the pig. No, and Maybe or not we need or, one now. or cloning the pig. Cloning no. the pig, yes. And because the problem is that because uh, because the we're we're very concerned in our system about because it was a huge issue a few years ago, and we've gotten a lot better. I mean, it was it's almost been perfect. Now that we've got our new BidBot system, but we're really concerned about people backing out of bids because mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. it's very bad and it kills the whole momentum and it's, and it's yeah. just no fun. Mm-hmm. And then we have to rebid auction stuff. Yeah. And so we're very, very concerned about people having a bid account and being sort of verified that they actually have that money and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But we're only checking the top bidder, obviously, right. because the other people, it doesn't matter. So it's like, oh crap, now we've got to figure out. The second person, and then he does it again. Yeah. So there's three of these things going uh, for, but we have to make sure. But the person has to bid above seven thousand. So we're like, okay, we've got two above seven thousand now. We've got one at seventy five hundred, and one at like seventy two hundred, and one guy, it, the last, but the other guy is at like sixty eight. Uh. He's like, can you raise your bid to seventy to over seven thousand? And then the guy, I think one of the people who was above seven thousand was like, look, I will. Give two hundred dollars from my bid to his bid uh, <laughs> to push it up over, over, and then so it finally got pushed over, and then some other random fourth person was like, "Oh, actually, I gotta go in here too." <laughs> Above seven thousand, we're like, "No, stop giving us money! It's confusing us." Oh God! So and that whole auction, uh, the the three parts combined raised an entire desert buck in one yeah. auction. Yeah, which is, like which it, is, it was, which is the first year of. What Desert Buzz one raised. Now, but I would like to point out this all happened on Paul's shift, which was the last shift. And I, okay, so from my perspective, I stayed late with Graham, but then I went to bed and had like I think like four hours of sleep. Yeah, like and, I, 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 and then came back. I traded off with Paul, and then yeah. we saw the went, end of your shift, and went then home with you. Yeah, and then and then we came back like I think six hours later. Wasn't even that like I was only I only got like a four hour nap. Yeah, yeah, I got like another three and a half, maybe four hours of sleep. But yeah, it was probably five hours later. And while this was, and so we were not gone for very long. And in that five hour period, we raised like I think like a ludicrous amount of money. Like I think. Uh, like sixty or seventy thousand dollars, and this happened. Like we came yeah. back, the Rio was on the poster, and nobody could explain why. Yeah. And then I'm Absolutely. like, "What happened?" They're like, "It was madness." I'm like, "That's not helpful." <laughs> you should have been here. It was crazy. And it's like I was here. I was here mere hours ago. <laughs> we missed a very intense moment. You know, there's, there's that, uh, uh, which I'm sure you know, obviously partially intentional on his part, but that uh, that really, really. Uh, embodied that that combination of you know being incredibly generous mm. but doing so in a way to just cause us more trouble <laughs> it's like really that was that's incredibly generous and you're doing it such that it makes more it makes our lives more difficult it would be nice if people would warn 
at least us in advance. <laughs> we, we are ostensibly actors. We can react when they yeah. surprise us with another cloning. Yeah, that's, that's true. It goes against the spirit of, of, of making our lives difficult, though, Ian. It's great. I, I, I like to, because I'm pretty sure, I don't quite know what the, the setup is, but I'm pretty sure that like Penn's wife handles mo- is like his agent or handles a lot of his his actual like business affairs and stuff mm-hmm. um, because she like, she's always the one who, who sets up these calls with us and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and she was sort of like in the background of the thing. And so he would, she like, he would do, you know, you'd be like, Hey, we're going to do this. And then sort of look over like, okay, we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. do this thing. Can we do that? We could do that. All right. Survey says yes. Done. Well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Why so, pay a business manager when you can pay your yeah. wife to be your business manager and keep all your income in the house? Mm-hmm. So that that was, uh, I mean, that was obviously one of the big things for me. And I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of just Penn and Teller as actual, um, you know, performers. Yeah. People, not not just as people who made the game Desert Bus, but also as just actual magicians and performers. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of their work. So it's always wonderful to to uh, talk to Penn. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they're incredibly generous. They have helped us out every year of Desert Bus, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes in front of the scenes. <laughs> so, wow. Nice people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other interesting DB memories, Ian? Uh, How was your first driving shift? Yeah. Uh, well, that, it was great last year. Oh right, was it last year? Yeah, I'm sorry. The, All the desert buses hey, run no, together. How, how was uh, the VR desert bus? Oh my! Now that I, was, I wanted to play that. That was a lot of fun. That was actually my second time inside of an Oculus Rift. Yeah, I've and never actually got to use one. Oh, they they work a lot better than you expect they would. Mm. I was I was not sold. I've heard very good things about them. Initially, I wasn't sold. I remember those big VR headsets from yeah, yeah. the early right. 90s that you had to get inside of. And I was I put it on, and I thought, okay, this is okay. This looks good. Looking around, it's tracking pretty well. And then I decided to look behind, behind me. Mm. And when you can track the vision all the way around, and you're mm. seeing things that you now know aren't behind you because usually when you're sitting down on one of these things you're looking at a monitor first right you get so see. you're like oh this is like yeah. it's like a big monitor that kind of curves into my peripheral a little bit yeah. okay sure it's gonna be like being on a computer no. and then you turn around and you're like oh wait shit <laughs> yeah, you are i'm in a different space in the matrix wow well it's like and and when you if you crash in the thing the you can actually see the like tow truck behind mm-hmm. you too right flashing <laughs> it <laughs> what's really fun about the uh the vr version though is driving down the highway with the door open <laughs> you madman, reckless fool! Yep, just get up to forty-five and slam it open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like during that shift. You guys were way ahead on uh, on both stops and crashes mm-hmm. uh, because we, they were counting both the VR ones <laughs> and the real ones. We crashed first in the uh, in the virtual world. We figured if you if you crash in you, the Matrix, you crash in real life. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> so the same thing happens for bus stops. Then I was watching. Um, uh, there's a highlight reel on the YouTube of um, uh, Stop Master Beach, um doing all the bus stops, and so he uh, uh, he gets a bus stop. This is very near the end of his shift. He gets a bus stop and taking his bus stops to I don't know. I think it's two, and then James is like, "Hey, Beach, so you know there's a there's a achievement for a driver getting 
five stops in their shift, which you can only do. And before James has even finished that sentence, <laughs> Beach is already careening into the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Beach. Well, well, I think he, at that point he had, I think he had crashed twice. Just, yeah. just, legitimately yeah and then and so at that point he was like i don't give a crap anymore i'm just gonna get it's like i if if my shift is gonna be known for something it will be bus stops <laughs> something i would really like to try and this may require some uh some pre-testing mm. is i want to see if those bus stops are there at night ah uh, yeah that's what we've always wondered that and if they are yeah because they're gonna, i mean they're not there at night in in the sense of they're not visible visible mm. at all. I mean the side of the road isn't visible. Right. But if they're programmatically still there. Right. That's the trick. So you'd have to actually time it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way you can actually see them unless you crash. We also have we tested if you can just pull over to the side of the road and open the door? I mm. I, I, I wanna say that we we know that you can come to a full stop in the middle of the road and start up and keep driving. Yeah. Uh, as if, as long as you're not grinding the sides, okay. But you can you can hit you can hit the brakes, come to a complete stop in the middle of the road, and then hit the accelerator and keep driving again. If you wait too long, you overheat. Okay. But you yeah. can do that. <laughs> but I believe we tested it that if you pull over to the side of the road and stop, you can only open the door at a bus stop. Hmm. I don't. This is going to require a lot of testing yes. that I'm frankly not that interested in. <laughs> I want to know the results, mm-hmm. but I do not want to actually do the play. No, no. I, mean, I wonder if, like, if we could. We do set most up of a- our desert bus related testing during the run. <laughs> I mean, we also have a machine that plays desert bus for us. We do, too, right? Yeah. So we should, we should talk to Michael and be we like, "Hey, need to send back." I'm oh, sure we need he, to send it back. He's yeah. probably tested all this stuff himself. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm sure he's actually got the uh, the most extensive uh, uh, testing in terms of. You know all the different. Well, he ran it on autopilot for a week. Yeah, all the different controls, just just to play it. What amazed me? Did he get up the, over uh, to a hundred points? I don't know. Low gear is the one that I'm really impressed with him being able to program in. Oh, so low like, gear is so low, miserable. Low gear is, is where you tap the brakes just enough to keep you going, but very slowly. Yeah. And that nearly made me crash because I forgot I was on low gear and tried to stop at a bus stop and it wouldn't start up again. And I was so terrified. I was like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And it turns out it was just really slow. And I didn't get the bus stop because I was so terrified that I'd crashed. That you I aborted. Didn't, yeah, I didn't open the door. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's the big problem with the bus. And then you hear from engineering, oh, yeah, you're still on low gear. And like, yeah, you're like, you're, yeah, you're like, uh, uh, they're going into like going into a bus stop and then being like, nope, nope, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> too far. I've gone too far. Mm. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I think this was a pretty long podcast. So I think it has been. I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Any, anybody have actually any? end up talking about too many, uh. but we're mostly talking about the actual, uh, behind the scenes infrastructure as opposed to specific I memories. I think that's interesting though. When do, oh, actually, you know what? I, stuff, I didn't mm, hit complete peak bus this year. No, but you did yes. pretty early. Yeah, it was. Uh, but it was only once. Okay. To, what do you describe as peak bus? Well, for those for those at home, what 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 we have termed over the years as achieving peak bus is when you have very vivid dreams that you're a desert bus, mm. or when you wake up and think that you're still being watched. Like when you wake up and think that the chat room can see you. In previous years, I've been like, I've woken up and be like, I can't get out of bed because I'm not wearing pants. And if I get out from under the covers, then the chat will see me and that'll be bad. And then I've been like, wait, wait. 
Mm-hmm. I'm at home. Uh, that didn't happen this year, which I was really happy about. But uh, what what did you? Well, it was very similar to that. So I, I woke up immediately. knew, okay, I have to get in, I have to get dressed. I have to get washed. And I thought about asking the chat what I should wear. <laughs> Who nice. do you think I should wear, Chad? Oh, God, I'm talking to a Wait, wall. Wait, you're not there. Yeah. Actually, uh, I mean, what was really surprising was when the chat went down for about... Two hours? Two hours. Like a Twitch problem? Yeah. yeah. and It was they, so lonely. Well, th- that was actually quite fascinating because, of course, the chat, you know, back back in year one was sort of an afterthought. Like, it was just like, oh, hey. Oh, there's a chat room. We should- yeah, Ustream does chat as well. We should just do that. And obviously, over the years, this turned out to be basically the most important thing. I mean, it, it came up in the first year that we were like, like I don't know what we would have done if we hadn't had the chat room there in the first year to talk to us and do funny stuff with. Yeah. We would have just been like, well, I'm still playing this game in my living room. <laughs> Guess I'm going to go to bed now. But the uh, but when the, the chat went down, it was bizarre because it was this thing where it's like, you know, we were still sort of trying to do challenges and things. And you can sort of, and you sort of, you know, you can mentally be like, okay, yes, there are people watching. I can see the viewer numbers. But when there isn't that like constant feedback loop mm. of, uh, of actually having the, the people commenting on whatever's going on, uh, it's very easy to just be like, doop, doop kind of sit there for a while yeah. just be we, like oh wait we actually should be doing stuff we are we are rudderless without you and then it's like and then, and then when you actually do do something it's like was that good was that bad i have no idea <laughs> did we misquote something i don't know see, i don't that, know if i'm funny unless i see a video of myself immediately afterwards <laughs> yeah I, th- I feel like we really discovered when the chat went down that the chat is uh, a bit well i mean we know this already but like we realized i guess we were reminded it was driven home for a lot of people who were newer that the chat is so important, yeah. the whole experience, like and we, being in the chat. We've had the chat go down in previous years and been like, uh, we're so cold and alone. But there was a lot of people this year who hadn't experienced that, and they were like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, this it's not really good. Weird. This was also, it was down for longer than... It was like two hours. And it was also like all Twitch chats everywhere went yeah. down. Like yeah, it was this Twitch was, as a whole. Yeah. So eventually we actually just got uh, the at Loading Ready Run Twitter feed up on the screen. Oh, nice. So we were we were Smart. just well, slow chat. We just saw yeah it was it was the the sort of emergency backup. Wait, s- you mean was it the ad Desert Bus Twitter? Or, feed? Yeah, yeah. So we had Desert Bus. Yeah. So it'd be just anybody who had, and so people were obviously. I think the traffic to the Desert Bus at that point went up way went up a lot. So once the social media volunteers were just like ah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a bad scene. Hmm. So well, yeah. Until next year. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it was it was great. It was it was awesome and wonderful and exhausting and crazy. And I just I'm just so happy that we got the new venue this year, which oh came together God. like w- there were some murmurs of it uh, when I talked to Eric in like May and then nothing came of it. And so we were gonna do it and then he talked to me about it again in September and I was like, you know what, let's try for it. It's a really short deadline, but if we have done like if this had been Desert Bus four or even Desert Bus 7, I don't know if I would have agreed to do to try and explore Venue Switch late in the year, but I thought with Desert Bus 7, we were, we after that, we were in a good enough state with sort of knowing what we needed to do to run Desert Bus that we could throw a major wrench into the works. And, well, we knew also that, like, if something went wrong and we had to pull out of this venue, as long as it was a week beforehand, <laughs> uh, we could just be like, all right, well, back to the moon base then. Yeah. Of course, we, we say that. But after doing, I'm sure James said this on on the on on their episode. I hope we haven't repeated anything else. But whatever. Um, that uh, 
Um, I'll never do it at the Moonbase after, again. Yeah, no we, no, we are not. Like, whether or not we get Viatech again, we are not doing it here. Well, because after coming back from a week of that to not having been in the Moonbase for a week and going downstairs to drop off gear and stuff, we were like, how did we ever do this? People well, say it's it, a different thing. Yeah. Like, like I, it, you know, we, because of the space at Viatech, we sort of, it allowed us to expand a lot of the, Step, you know, our the, the but tech we setup, needed to expand the tech it. setup. Exp- well, no, I mean, we could have kept it smaller if we had yeah. deliberately done so, but that would have been to the detriment of the thing. Mm-hmm. But pe- people say when they look at it that we look like we're doing a fundraiser in our closet. Coming back afterwards and realizing how much actual space there is. In the, in the moon yeah, basement? Yeah, we, up, we upgraded from closet to basement this year. It's really like a closet down there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but it's not exact. It's not like it's that small. But when you try to put like 35, 40 people into 1,200 square feet, it gets pretty squishy. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, obviously, it was a very great experience. And uh, we are constantly blown away every year yeah. by uh, as i said at the dinner uh, generosity of everybody uh it's it's clear now that we don't know exactly why this keeps working mm-hmm. um all we know is that we have to keep putting a hundred percent into it <laughs> mm-hmm. right like we like we 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 just do the best things that we can that we think will 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 work and it it has worked out we don't know why exactly right mm. like we can't be like well we were able to receive a bunch of donations because of these metrics and, yeah, like, and we, like we don't we, we couldn't really explain it all we know somebody, is that we have to keep putting 100 percent into it because and it, yeah like i i don't know if we important. could replicate it in another circumstance no but it uh yeah was, if we can keep doing it what we're doing then that's got to be good yeah. yeah desert bus kind of defies logic but in a wonderful happy kind of way yeah. <laughs> so thank you all for listening to this and thank you all for watching desert bus and uh, <laughs> donating if you were able and, and even if you're not if you even if you didn't donate if you just watched and enjoyed and told your friends about it that is equally as important mm-hmm. and we'll be back on the next Lurcast with um uh i believe uh it's going to be our favorite things from 2014 Oh, really? Yeah. A few of our favorite things. Yes. So, not like, th- movies, albums, bits of media. Yeah, not like when James... Things that happened to yeah, us. Yeah, when James pitched it, he's like, I'm not looking for, like, your top five whatever or, like, your most favorite thing, just stuff from 2014 <laughs> that you liked. So that you, you don't have to be like, oh, God, how do I rank my top three albums? You know, right, right. Like, oh, now, to be fair, there are only a few I know of us, you, sir. I know that you've already done that. I have not, actually. I know number one, but everything else is a nebulous blob. Well, no spoilers. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, guys.